to all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We welcome you and appreciate everyone that has made an effort to come out on this cold and brisk and icy morning. But the sun is shining, and we're thankful for that. Praise the Lord. Amen. I've been thinking about this song ever since the last time Brother Michael spoke, and I've just got to sing it with you. Death has no terrors. For the blood-bought ones. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank God for the power of his resurrection that is alive in our midst. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Praise God. I have no screen, so I'm going to have to put my glasses on so I can read this. All right, let's start. Death has no terrors for the blood. Great. 
Amen. Gone the stone is rolled back. <clears throat> Gone the stone is rolled back. Gone the tomb is empty. Gone to sit at the Father's right hand. Gone over death triumphant. Gone sin is defeated. Gone. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise. For it was grace that fought my liberty. Why he came to love me 
Nygaard, could I ask you to come and open up the service in a word of prayer? Amen. You love him? Hallelujah. It's just good to come into his presence to worship the Lord and prepare our hearts to receive the word. I haven't got any written prayer requests, but we just want to continue to remember the needy ones amongst us. Come, Brother West, if you don't mind. The brothers, come forward, please, for the morning offering. Heavenly Father, surely our hearts leap with joy, Father. Lord, when I think of Brother Murphy on Wednesday night speaking about how David danced with joy. Father, when he saw the ark approaching, his heart leapt. 
It leaped with joy. He, his heart danced with joy. He danced with joy. Father, but that was yesterday. And Father, we look at today. What you're doing in the hearts of your children, Father. Lord, our hearts jump and leap and dance with joy, Father. Lord, you have not forgotten us. Lord God, your word is becoming more and more real, Father. Lord, we thank you for this word. We thank you for the revelation of this word. We thank you for this word being revealed and lived out in our life. Father, I thank you for our brothers and sisters, Lord God. I thank you for the ministry, Lord. Each one of us, Lord God, we are here as a testimony, Lord God, saying, we believe your word, Lord God. We stand as a mighty people, as a mighty army, unstoppable, not within ourselves, but because of you, Lord God, living within us, your word living within us, Lord God. Father, we want to say we love you. We appreciate you, Lord God. Surely we can't love you enough or appreciate you enough because of our limitations, but Lord God, you paid a sacrifice, an ultimate price for us, and we thank you for that, Lord God. Father, we turn this service into your hands. You have your own way with each one of us, Lord God. We ask and we believe and we know that you will speak to us directly, Lord God. You will answer needs, prayers, people will be healed, Lord God, by the coming forth of your word, Lord God. Father, again, we thank you for the ministry. We ask your blessings upon the ministry, Lord God. We love each and every one of them, Lord God. And Father, now as we take up the tithes and offerings, Lord God, we just ask that you would bless them for their intended use. And again, we want to say we love you. Thank you for your hand upon our lives. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother Wes. You have your seats as they take up the morning offering this morning. We're going to have a special this morning from our brother Andrew Rebus. If you wouldn't mind just getting ready. While he's getting ready, I just have a couple of announcements to make. Um, one is uh, from Brother Richard Drake. He says, we'll be collecting clothing for the Philippines until Sunday, December 25th. Any gently used summer or fall clothing items you would like to donate, please bring them. Be sure to bring them to the church before Christmas. It also costs $1 a pound to ship, so um, donations for shipping costs can be made to missions with a note to let us know what the money is for. Amen. So bring the clothes before Christmas. And then we've also got uh, a welcome here for... Sister Praise, which is Jemai's sister, where are you at? Why don't you stand? Praise the Lord. Welcome. She's moved from Nigeria to Canada. She's here permanently as a permanent resident, so God bless you. Amen. Praise God. Brother Andrew, ready? Waiting for the drummer? All right. Looking forward to the word and communion and foot washing tonight at 4 p.m., I believe, so we'll be ready for that. Amen.
Bless you. See? 
where we can let off the pressure we're gathered with the people that have been redeemed by the blood of the lamb and we're so thankful Lord God that you called us way before the foundation of the world and Father we've come to this hour to manifest the very life of God himself so Lord we are going to that beautiful city to be with you forevermore to glorify the king of glory to praise your holy name would you bless Lord your people as now we turn to the word we pray God that you'll take the word and open it to our hearts give us eyes of understanding Lord let them be opened quicken our hearts as brother Wes has prayed Lord we don't want to see man we want to see God high and lifted up in all your glory and so Father God we commit the day as we will have communion tonight brother Michael speaking pray Father it will be a blessed time in the presence of almighty God as we dedicate this day to you take the word we pray open it now in Jesus name Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Nice to be in the house of the Lord. I've been fighting this, this whatever this is, for about four, three, four weeks. And I, I think it's trying to train me to keep down. So I, I, don't, I don't know how well that's going to work. But we're not going to have a long service as such, um, by faith. And um, we have a service at 4 o'clock for communion. We're looking forward to that. Look around the room and various ones are coming back home from trips and visitations. And we want to welcome you uh, with open hearts. We see Ken and Linda and Ava and Jonah and Mike and Debbie back and Leon and, and Lorna. And if I've missed anybody and you've been away, just go like this. You missed me. Amen. And, and uh, Sister Praise, I, I noticed that I saw you on the screen. And uh, we just pray that God will just continue. She actually, Brother Murphy was telling me she was a roommate with Sister Precious. So we just pray that the word of God just keep on dealing with hearts. And we're happy you're here. And God made a way for you to be here with us at Cloverdale. Well, tonight is 4 o'clock uh, communion. And uh, well, I want to bring special greetings from Brother David McGeary. Uh, talk, they've uh, started uh, forming and pouring concrete for their, for their new building down in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. So we're going to be having Brother David come speak to uh, this assembly January the 6th to the 8th in the new year. 
And many of us remember what Brother David spoke here many years ago and what a help he has been to this assembly and a blessing he has been. Also, special greetings from Brother David Mayer. He's trying to twist my arm to make sure I'm coming for Easter. Well, we'll have to see, but Lord willing, right now we're at 98%. There's still a 2% chance. From there, Brother Richard Dayoka will be coming the following week. He'll be, uh, by God's grace, Pastor Richard Dayoka from uh, Kinshasa, Congo, will be ministering the week after Easter here from the 14th to the 16th, and we're looking forward to that. And it's amazing. He's already got his visa, so we just keep, just keep on coming. We're just happy to have him. And uh, he's been a tremendous blessing to us for years and years and years. And he's so looking forward to being with us. Also, I got you standing. My, I'll be standing all service, as Brother Biscoll always used to say, so I guess you can stand for a few minutes. Christmas schedule. Uh, Christmas is on uh, December 25th, if you haven't noticed that over the years. But it falls on Sunday. And so what we'll do, we'll just have a regular Sunday morning service on that Sunday. Whoever will be here, that's fine. That's where we're going to have church. And um, then for the New Year's, there will be no Wednesday service, but we'll be having a Saturday night from 7, uh, 7 uh, p.m. to 9 on the Saturday. And then on the New Year's Day, that following that next morning, we'll have service at 11 o'clock. So any other questions, call Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Well, without any further delay, let's turn to Lamentations, please. If I've forgotten anyone, forgive me. Lamentations chapter 3. You can look at your table of contents. That don't doesn't bother me. But I can tell you something. When my son Sam was four years old, he could quote every book of the Bible in sequence at four. Right, Sam? <laughs> it's all right. I'm not going to put any condemnation, conviction at all on you. Lamentations chapter three, verse fifty-five. Excuse me. Brother Murphy, he, he preached coughing and sneezing and hacking. <laughs> I had to also lead the way and also, you know, I guess we'll do the same. Good news, Brother Murphy was uh, mentioning, is it just Brother Run's city? Caleb City. That, that, saying hi then. Hanjo, okay, we'll get it right. Yeah, we've been there. I haven't been there for a while. Have, have reduced their uh, requirements for COVID, and they're opening it up for the people, and that's great news. That is really, really great news. So here we go, Lamentations chapter 3, verse 55. I called upon thy name, O Lord, out of the low dungeon. Thou hast heard my voice. Hide not thine ear at my breathing and at my cry. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. 
And thou said, Fear not. O Lord, thou hast pleaded the cause of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. I would like you to just look at 57 and 58 with me one more time. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee. Thou sayest, Fear not. And O Lord, thou hast pleaded the cause of my soul. Thou hast redeemed my life. May the Lord add his blessing to his word. You may have your seats. I think every one of us, as we've read the scripture, can identify with the scripture we read. I think sometimes when we read scripture, we read it too quickly without taking too much thought sometimes, and sometimes we don't. Sometimes we, we take our time when we're reading a scripture. And I, I'd like to take a little time this morning speaking on a subject we have, are well, most of us as Bible believers um, are very well acquainted of. It'll be out of the book of Ruth. And I would like you to think um, on these things. And I'm, I don't want to be demeaning in, the, in, the, in, the, in this next statement. But thinking, it, uh, I think it was Henry Ford said, thinking, he said, not too many people do it because it's hard work. And um, there's a lot of things that we, we actually... Um, and I am guilty. We can take quotes about the manifestation of the sons of God. We're a seed gene of God from the foundation of the world. And it becomes a pitter pattern, a part of our, our conversation over the pulpit. And it's, it, even though that is real, and even though that is all true, um, it lacks its impact when we maybe just rattle it off. And so... This morning I'm going to take some time, if you don't mind, and, and, and maybe cause us to think on a few things that we've maybe thought of before and maybe we haven't. Uh, I, I trust it will be a blessing to you. When the scripture declares, and as we have read, thou drewest near in the day that I called upon thee, thou saidest, fear not. I think there's many of us can look back within our own lives and, and realize that there was a time, whether young, middle-aged, older, whatever age group we fell in, that there became an awareness that there had to be a God somewhere. There had to be a God of reality. And if we don't get to that understanding, if we just become blasé in our thinking, we have to realize this is a great thing, this great thought of redemption, of a God of reality. We're here at Cloverdale Bible Way, some of us for various reasons, but I'm here because one day God dealt with my soul. And it was not in this church. It was at a house. 
So you don't have to give your life to Christ here. Some of you gave it in your own room. Some gave it in your own house. Some gave it to your heart maybe in a car. I don't, I don't know where you gave your heart to the Lord. But when I called, he answered. So then I, I, I'm understanding the times that I do call, he still answers. And maybe we don't, Brother Bram said in, in uh, birth pain, sometimes we don't cry enough. Now, I, I don't mean tears of crying. I'm, I'm talking about cry out. Lord, I, I have a need. And sometimes because of, of our natures, we are too proud. And we don't want people to know our need. Saints of God, I don't ever want to get to a place where you don't know that I need God. I need God now as much as I did yesterday. I'll need him tomorrow. I'll need him the next day. I don't ever want to fall in the category of, of, of the church of Laodicea where they had no need. No need. I have a need every day and so do you. Some of you have complexes that you've not dealt with. Some of you got anger things that you're still angry about and you come to church. We've got communion tonight. Let's deal with it this morning. Can't talk to a sister because of something that happened five years ago. Let me just say this. That's insanity. You've heard this kind of message and you can't make things right. That's crazy. Thou drewest near in the day that I called upon you. I always want him to always draw near. I want him to draw near to you. I don't care what kind of condition you find yourself in in your own mind space. But God cares. But do you? You say, well, Brother Tommy just said, you don't care. I don't care in the sense of, if you don't care, I don't care. But if you care, I care. How many of us, if not all of us, at one time, needed God in the worst way. In just the worst way. Just to realize you had that need is a sovereignty of God. Because there's many people that say, I'm all right. I'm okay. Then what was Calvary about? Why would the king of glory leave the ramparts of glory? With holy angels crying, holy, holy, holy. In realms we have never even thought of beyond our even own gray matter thinking. The God that created all things came down to dwell in flesh 
to redeem fallen man. Redemption's price was paid, and I'm a recipient of that grace. How many roots are sitting in the room? How many roots in the Bible? How many Moabitists? How many of us were trapped? Trapped in our own minds, in our own thinking, in our own understanding of what God was. How many of us, like Ruth or like Rahab, how, where do you want me to start? Where do you want me to start? Ruth, as we will turn, if you don't mind, to the book of Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess. Not a very good family tree. Ruth 1, verse 1. Ruth 1, verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land and there was a certain man I want you to realize where this certain man came from, Bethlehem of Judea. He went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Amalek, and the name of the wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons were Milon and Chilion, Ephraites. What that really actually means, if you take a look at that word, that means that they come from the lineage of Caleb, which comes from the city of Bethlehem. So it's Ephraites of Bethlehem, Judah. They came into the city of Moab, and they continued there. There are many things within our lives. As the songwriter says, we don't understand. We don't. I wouldn't understand, or I'm sure the critics, when uh, Amalek made his great decision to go to Moab, I'm sure the critics were out. I'm sure the ones were there, their comforters were just saying, where on earth are you going? Have you ever found yourself in that spot? Wondering, why am I doing this? Or, and then everybody's got their opinion of what you should do. And yet God was moving Amalek, Naomi. Moving their two sons to a perverted country. Unbelievable. 
Not too much different than this Cloverdale, Surrey, Blaine, Linden. Don't get your, don't get too lifted up. Well, they said, well, it's such a perverted city, a perverted land. What are you living in? Come on, what are you living in? Teacher, drag queens, teaching our children, LBGTQRXTYZs. Perverted? But he still heard your cry. Come on. Perverted? You're going to put your children in those kinds of schools? But you know, Brother Tom, they sacrifice their children to Moloch. They throw their babies into the arms of a burning God. What do you think people are doing today? Sometimes we move our minds and we, we think of history as history, but so often you hear history repeats itself and we have people today sacrificing their children for their jobs. You could say, well, Brother Tom, and we put him in ballet. Or we put him in soccer. We put him in this and we put him in that. Let me tell you something, saints of God. When a prophet announces that we are in Satan's Eden, you be sure to understand everything that Satan offers in Satan's Eden is not of God. You say, well, Brother Tom, you're, you're hitting a home. You're, you're hitting in areas. Did you have your sons in soccer? Yes, I did. I think it's good for them to get rounded, but it wasn't sacrificing them to them. Sunday was church. Joel was great in baseball. Made the superstars. They wanted him to play. Oh, you say, well, that was years ago. Well, it's still real. Still pertinent. He never played on Sunday. They chose him and they said, and Mr. Erickson, who was a, a nominal Christian, he was the coach that chose him. They had to go through certain things and scouting or whatever they do on their boards, they figured that guys can do this and that and everything else. And if you didn't get a call by Saturday, you weren't chosen for the all-star team. Nothing happened to the Sunday. Monday night we were having dinner. Phone rang, it was Mr. Erickson and said, we've chosen Joel to play on the team. I said, well, We've had a discussion about that. He can play baseball, but he's not playing on Sunday. Boy, I didn't get one amen on that one. I, I guess you're listening to me really intently, or I'm stepping on somebody's toes. 
I said, well, Mr. Erickson, we'd love for him to play. He's a good player, but he's not going to miss church. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. We go to church Sunday morning, and our games are Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I said, you don't get it. We are real Christians. We just don't go to church Sunday morning. We live a Christian life. And it, 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 it might not be for everybody, but it was okay for my family. And as far as me and my house, we will serve God. And you got, we got a lot of young families coming up. There's going to be decisions you're going to have to make. But do not sacrifice them to the God of Laodicea. So it names Amalek, it names Naomi, it names Melon and Chilean. It gives their names. God knows our names. A prophet coming in this generation will let you know he knows your name, he knows your address, and he knows your problem. And he's greater than any problem you are ever going to have. Because remember... If you are a seed of God, you're in the mind of God, and God never loses his seed. So when she cried out, how do we know as a little girl she didn't cry out? How, how do we know? We don't know. We don't know her background. We don't know how she was brought up. We don't know how she went to a Jehovah's Witness church or a Catholic church or a Baptist church. But let me tell you one thing. There was the Lord of the harvest that she didn't even know had her in his mind. I want to let you know, you might not know, but there's a God of glory that has you in his mind. Why am I going through this? What's happening to me? Why have we done this? Can we come to the conclusion that the footsteps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord? Can we come to that conclusion? That God leads his children. And if you're a son and daughter of God, he will lead you. And we're not interested in the permissive will. We are only interested in what God's perfect will is. And that's why he sent a message. That's why he sent a messenger. Every problem you've got is answered in this message. You say, why is that happening? It's in the message. But people don't want to take the time. They just want to dance on, the, on, on thoughts. But they don't want to dig in. To find out what the real thought of it is in many areas. A Moabite. How? Ah, he said, it's just a Moabite. Ken, we were just Moabites. We were just rotten, stinking Moabites. So are you. But there was one who is the Lord of the harvest, heard my cry. Amen. 
I didn't have believing parents. I'm sorry. You can have all the excuses you want. Well, my daddy's not serving this, or my mommy's not doing that. I didn't even have a Christian home. But I had something deep within that said, where is God? What a cry. Can you imagine how it, how it screamed through the dimensional realms and hit the throne of grace? Even in the law, Moabite, a Moabitess was not even allowed to come into worship. It prohibited Moabites to the assembly of God. It was for their punishment, for their maltreatment of the children of Israel. It was because of Balaam, and it was because of King Balak. God has no time for any Moabite. So we're not talking about the persons. We're talking about what lays within the person that I want to address this morning. We are in the world, but we are not of the world. How many of us, when we got saved, knew what we know now? If you stick your hand up, I'd have to question you. I'm sorry. All I knew is I needed salvation. All I knew is I needed to be born again. That's all I knew. I didn't even know to be baptized. I didn't know. I didn't know the scripture said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sin and you shall receive the gift of the Holy I didn't know that David I didn't know that all I knew is that I called out to God and God rich in mercy reached back and dealt with my heart I didn't know you had to be filled with the Holy Ghost I didn't know I was born in sin and shaken in iniquity. I didn't know. Revelation chapter 10, 7. I didn't know Malachi 4. I didn't know about the seven church ages. Did you? Did you know about the seven seals and the opening thereof? Did you understand that in the evening time there shall be light? No. Did you understand that God was going to use the spirit of Elijah again in this age? Did you understand that Malachi 4 was being fulfilled? Did you understand Revelation 10.7, Revelation 10.1? Who understood all this before they got saved? Please stand up. Did you understand the revealing of the Son of Man? At the end of the church ages, did you understand the breach, the horse riders, the four anointings, the mark of the beast, 
the Catholic Church, a theophany body, a glorified body, a pillar of fire, an angel of the Lord, a cloud with seven angels, adoption, sonship, inheritance, Jehovah of the old is Jesus of the new. Who knew that? Who knew it? But once you got in a relationship with Boaz, brother, these are glorious truths that awaited us and unveiled to us. But it took a relationship with Boaz. Come on, people. It's not coming to Cloverdale Bible Way. It's having a relationship with the great I am. Come on. I don't care if you're a teacher, a principal. I don't care if you're a, a carpenter or a welder. Fisherman. I don't care who we are. We all need a relationship with Boaz. But let me tell you, Boaz has you in his mind. Hallelujah. Boaz has you in his mind. Long before Ruth knew anything about God. Payne, you should be able to stick with me on this one. Huh? I, I'd say you're a pretty good Ruth. I, I say so. Then if you're a pretty good Ruth, there's a good ending to your story. Amen. I don't care what your lineage is. I do not care. God has you in a family to bring a certain thing within your life. I don't care. I don't care your excuse, Gabriel. I don't care for none of it. Do you have a cry for the things of God? If not, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. But if there is a cry, cry on the name of the Lord Jesus. Call out on him. Say, ah, Brother Tom, you're getting excited again, and you're just an excitable guy. Well, I want you to get excited I think a little child, tell me one time at Christmas when there was a present, a present waiting for you that you weren't excited. Tell me when daddy said you could have a bicycle, you weren't excited. Come on, I want you to tell me. No, that was blase. I didn't want that bike. Every time your natural father gave you something, there was an excitement within you. How about your spiritual father? How he wants to open up who he is. Show you the wealth of this wealthy man. Tell me another secret, Billis. Tell me another truth. Long before Ruth knew anything. No wonder I'm looking at you, Ruth. It's Ruth. Long before Ruth knew anything. God knew everything about her. <laughs> Glory. Long before you even knew God, God knew everything about you. He knew your attitude, your character, your nature. 
He knows EVA, your need this morning. He knows every one of your needs. Some are more obvious than others. But we all have a need. And that need is to have a relationship with Boaz. Long before Ruth, I don't know how many years it was. I don't know. It doesn't give an indication. The scholars look at it. They, they, it's like a dartboard. <laughs> when you look up uh, some of the history of certain things, I, I'm sure all these theologians have a dartboard in their office. And, and, and depending on what they're shooting darts at, that's what they say. So they, they gave her, what, shall I give her 20 years or shall I give her 40? I mean, the spectrum is ridiculous. Who cares? Who cares how old you are? I don't care how old you are. If you don't understand your need for Christ, you can be a young person, middle-aged, doesn't matter, but you have to realize your need for him. She knew nothing about God, yet God knew everything about her. He knew her name. He knew where she lived. He even knew her secret thoughts. Long before Ruth knew anything about him, I want you to think about this. God, in his great predestinated plan, sent series of events to take place. Is everybody, everybody with me? In God's great plan, there are certain events that God had to allow to get his desired end. God set in motion a series of events designed. And why did he design it, Marilyn? Why does God design this? That you sit here at Cloverdale Bible Way this December morning. Why does he design it that he sends a message? Why did he design it that you're sitting where you're sitting? Because he wants to meet with you face to face. He wants to meet with you face to face. Whenever the scripture talks about face to face, that face means presence. So the presence of God wants to meet your presence face to face. That's called relationship. So before that Ruth even knew that there was a true and living God, God knew Ruth. Setting in motion events to take place designed so that she would become a part of him. So you think, well, 
Who is the Lord of the harvest, Roy? Who is this wealth, man of wealth? Who is this one other than the Lord Jesus Christ himself? Amen. Who is this one that is the message? Who is this one that would bring you into his field? Who is this one, Jonas, that would bring you from Germany to unite with Hopi to give you a child? It's beyond the mind of man. But I wonder how many comforters were there. What are you going to Canada for? Who wants Canada? But, uh, what? I'll leave that one there. God, as, as, as has often been preached, Joel, he's in control of your life. Not you. God. So as these series of events take place, and God wants to have an encounter or a face-to-face interaction with you. When God wants to do that, it's only for one reason. And that reason is to redeem you. It's not to look at you. Not to say, oh man, Tim, you're six foot three. Or, or Michael, he's 5'11". Or whatever the stature is. It has nothing to do with your outward appearance. It has everything to do with what's on the inside. Oh, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Out of control. It's out of control. Luis, come on, really? You're going to have a family move from China to move to Canada to fall in love with your wife. Now, who does that? Now, everybody says, oh, isn't that a nice little story? That is not a nice little story. It's a great story. It's an awesome story. Because God led a man of God. Because God had seed in mind. And that's the only thing he's got in mind is his seed. He's the Lord of the harvest. We're at harvest time. We're not at Wesley's time. We're not stock time. We're not on tassel time. We're not on shuck time. We're at seed time. And he's the Lord of the harvest. Come on. He's the Lord of the harvest. So he only wants seed. When does Boaz show up at harvest time? Come on. When does Boaz show up at harvest time? When does Ruth show up at harvest time? We know the end of the book. She has a baby. She has seed from Boaz. Glory. Come on, Ruth. There's the seed in you. Not put there by man, but the great Boaz himself. And he's having his harvest. Hallelujah. You might as well rejoice. I don't have a clue on the face of the earth while Jean is here. 
You tell me, where were you 15 years ago? Where were you? You weren't here, but God knew I needed him. You needed him. He needed you. He needed me. Mm-hmm. So who put all these events together? Man? Oh, I just put my application in and they sent me to Australia. Put my application in and they sent me to Canada. They sent me to SFU. They sent me to, and all of a sudden he shows up in the house of the Lord. Who does all that? Tell me, Angelica. That was man, right? It was just man. Fluke. Total fluke. That you would have a child by a man from the Congo living in Cloverdale. Fluke. No. Come on, I want you to say fluke. Good. That's absolutely good. Because nothing in God's plan is fluke. I want you to get that in your mind right now. Nothing happens by chance. God ordains all things. Hallelujah. And saints of God, I'm so thankful for what he has done within all of our lives. It has been the sovereignty of his spirit and it's been the very thought of God. So one day, Amalek says to his wife, Honey, let's move to a godless country. She said, what are you thinking? What are you thinking? I don't know. I do not know. Now, this is probably going to cause more questions than it is going to give you answers. But you have to put it all down to the sovereignty of God's will. You want to dissect it and say, well, that doesn't make sense. I mean, all this is... It makes perfect sense. God heard Ruth cry. And there's going to be someone God's going to use. Somebody's going to use it, Brother Tim. Whether it be a Mark Matul, I don't care who it is. God's going to use. He's going to use somebody. And it's not the somebody that ignites the soul. It's the seed to seed. How many people you talked to, Mark? How many times did you hand out tracts? Hundreds of tracts. Nobody wanted it. But when you came in contact with a predestinated, elected seed, gene of God, what happened? <laughs> you got to look in your own life. I go back in my own life. I, I moved from Chilliwack to Cloverdale. Cloverdale, we used to mock Cloverdale. When you lived in Chilliwack. Wow, Chilliwack. <laughs> and I said, how on earth did they get the name Chilliwack? Because a beaver whacked his tail on the water. It was a chilly water whack. I don't know. But we used to, Fraser Highway was on, on the Highway 1. And, and, and dad had to go every Saturday into the head office. And we'd drive by Fraser Highway. And there would be a little sign like this. This long, because Cloverdale is a long word. And it would say, three miles to Cloverdale. And I used to sit in the back seat and laugh and go, <laughs> what do they do, eat clover? <laughs> Cloverdale. Could any good thing come out of Cloverdale? I'm looking at them. 
Come on, I'm looking at you. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Absolutely. It has nothing to do with position, what country, where you live. It has everything to do with your seed. Seed loves seed. We've been preaching over the last few months. So one day, Emelech said, uh, Sister Deanna, we're moving to Cloverdale. I mean, we're moving to Moab. Hmm. I wonder how the family took that one down there. I don't know. But aren't you so thankful, Brother Gilbert? For the leadership of the Holy Spirit? Because you can look back and say, it's not been my leadership, but it's been God's leadership. Time goes on, people do die. It's a hardship in life. People die. Amalek dies. Chilean dies. They die. But if you believe in God leads this part, doesn't he lead in every part? And she happens to hear, Naomi happens to hear, oh, there's the Lord, there's bread in Israel. They left because of famine, now they're going back for bread. Amazing. Amazing. I wonder when Ruth said, well, I think I'm going to go with Naomi. I wonder what mom and dad had to say. I know what my mom and dad had to say. I'm going to a land I do not know. To a people I do not know. But I know one thing. Their God is going to be my God. Their people are going to be my people. Where they die, I die. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There comes a time when God has to visit us through tragedy. And he indeed does. Think it not strange when you fall into these fiery trials. God has a, a reason and a purpose in everything. I got asked the question. I lost my first wife over in the Philippines and the brother said, well, you were out of the will of God. That's why he took it. And then you got back into the will of God and you got Joanne. I said, wow. Yeah, that's mission field. I said, no, no, you got that wrong. God has directed every point and area in my life. And he knew I needed Joanne. And he knew I was going to have three sons. And he knew they had to come through this channel. God knows everything. I don't have to look and doubt and question anything. I know he leadeth me, oh blessed thought. And saints of God, it would do you very good this morning to come to that conclusion. He leads me every step of the way. Every step of the way. Because if it is the permissive will, let me tell you a prophet said, he will turn it back to the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. 
she had an attraction to Milo. She had an attraction to Naomi. She had an attraction to Elimelech. I wonder what the attraction was. I wonder how many testimonies she heard over the kitchen table. I wonder how many thoughts came across that she'd never thought before in her whole entire life. That you don't have to serve a dead God. But you can serve a living God. And yet, God takes Emelech, takes two boys. Does that deter a seed? Let me ask you a question. It does for a lot of people that aren't seed. They use a tragedy. Come on. Come on. They'll blame God for everything. They never blame the devil for anything, but they blame God for everything. But I want to let you know, God had to do something drastic because he wanted to have relationship with Ruth. Hallelujah. What was her attractions? How many visits did she have to the home? How many times did she hear about God parting the Red Sea or Rahab with the token out the window? I wonder how many times she heard about Joshua destroying Jericho. I wonder how many. She said, that's the kind of God I want. Then maybe one night they talked about Rahab and the kind of life she lived and how, how miserable she was. And then God sought out Rahab. She says, well, maybe God's seeking me out through you. Hmm. Hmm. Man can have tragedies, but God uses it for his glory. People have so much, they want to blame God for everything. Why don't you just stand up and tell, blame the devil for once? Why did God allow this to happen? Why don't you say, devil, haven't you learned your lesson yet? There's not a trial, a tribulation, a bad thing said. Nothing is going to deter me from my relationship with Boaz. How many visits? How many testimonies did I hear, Ken? How many times did somebody speak to me about Jesus? But when the right season comes and the presence of God quickens that seed, there's not enough daddies, mummies, friends going to stop this seed from coming to life. Tom, you're crazy. Yes, I am. I might as well admit it. I am crazy. You're crazy, Tom. You need to go see a psychiatrist. You are so nuts. You're not the man I knew before you started to go to Bible Way House. I said, I hope so. If I was the same man, I'm going to the wrong place. I got a few yes and yes, sirs, huh? How, how many experienced a change when Jesus came into your life? <laughs> how, how, many patted you, how many family members patted you on the back and said, we're so happy for you? Huh? 
My mom and dad said I had long hair, don't smoke, couldn't do whatever I was doing. They said, we liked you better that way than we do now. Wow. I said, really? I said, I like myself better now than then. No, we'd rather, you used to be the life of the party, now you're just a dud. I said, get around people who I like to be around. I'm not a dud. How many times and how many testimonies she heard, how many things that she heard about the living God. Even though Amalek was a backslider, how many of us come in through backsliders? <laughs> My guy, when I wrote that down, I thought of you exactly. <laughs> Picks up a hitchhiker. Huh? Brings him to church. Where's that guy and where's Mike? God knows how to get his seed. Now all you have to determine, are you seed? <laughs> yeah. You say, well, this is just too simple on a Sunday morning. Well, if you give me five more minutes, I'm quitting. <clears throat> What was that attraction? What was something? Because there was something beating inside. As Lamentations said, thou hurtest me when I cried. Listen, we didn't know nothing when we first got saved. But as this walk with God has come along, You've got to know him in a greater, greater way. Maybe she didn't even show an outward expression of God moving on the inside of her. Maybe she just sat there and listened and took it all in. But when push come to shove, and Naomi makes the declaration, I'm moving. I'm going back to Bethlehem of Judea. I'm going back to my inheritance. That something started to say within her heart, I'm not going to leave that person that has awakened something deep on the inside of me. I'm not going to leave it. I'm going to take a hold of it. Though she didn't understand it, neither did you. Things that are to be. You, you now, you grew from your birth. When you were born and presented into this world, God knew that you were going to be here in this earth. You growed from birth to maturity. Things that seem so strange to you in your young womanhood, young boyhood, as children, now seems very real. You couldn't understand it when you were a child. But now, as you become an adult, you begin to understand and find out that everything was set just right. 
And Sister Jennifer, you can go into your own life and have a neighbor come to your house and you would have Bible studies in your home and your children sitting beside you in the wildest dreams. 10 and 15 years ago, where were those thoughts? But now you seem to understand. So it is with your spiritual birth. You do things you don't understand. When you were a little baby, you came to the altar. You gave your life to Christ. You did such strange things. You wonder, why did you do it? But after a while, when you matured as a mature Christian, you started to understand it. What did you start to understand? The predestinated plan of God's elective love. There was something that picked you up. You see why you had to do it. Your spiritual birth and your natural birth types your spiritual birth. Now just think, when you come into the world, everything he had was pre-planned. Is everybody listening now? I, 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 I gave myself... A bondage here. One minute. Yikes. Yikes. Now think about it. Everything was for, prepared for you, pre-prepared rather for you. I don't hardly understand that, how that could think that a God that could prepare all good things for us, would he not then, can we not then put our trust in him? That if he brought us into this chaos, come on, Ruth, it was a chaotic country, but God has a way of getting a hold of his seed. How much more can we trust him to prepare the things that is to come? The eternal things. Notice now, the word that is in you, the word that was put there before the foundation of the world, the gene of God that God placed there, Man couldn't do it. Brother Bram says he always had eternal life. So that seed was always there. So the word in you could not deny the word itself. Did you get that? The word in you, even though you didn't understand it, the word in you receives the word itself capital I, then it's satisfied or it's desire. It's a desire of what? What made you desire this? <laughs> Brother Bram said, you can't even desire this, Dan. You couldn't desire to have a prayer meeting. You couldn't put a desire there. People are running from it. But who put it there? God put it there. Brother Bram said in the Easter seal, it was God that put that desire in you. 
because you couldn't even desire this. Because down in your soul, Jason, down in your soul was a predestinated seed which was eternal life always laying there. Always in Ruth. Always in Tom. Always. Matt, can I say your name? Always. And not one of those seed is going to be lost. Can we end on that note? Can we end on that note? You have had now the very thought of Boaz on your track. And once Boaz sees you and he knows you are seed, he's not losing one of you. No trial, no tribulation, no testing, no nothing, no unbelief, no cold chills in a church. Nothing is going to stop you. He's not going to lose one of you. To God be the glory. Never in my wildest dreams, Brother Mike, I got written here. I got to have you come and help me sing the song. Never in my wildest dreams should I see such things. Can you help me? Come on up. Hallelujah. Never in your wildest dreams could you see serpent seed. God of this evil age. Not in your wildest dreams. But Boaz is going to unfold this to you. Hallelujah. Amen. And he's going to bring you right to his feet. We'll get that on maybe Wednesday or next Sunday. He's going to bring you right straight to his feet. He's going to turn you right to relationship. He's going to throw his blanket over you. You're going to have relationship with him. You're going to take on his seat. And you're going to have a family. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Christ, my redeemer, died on the cross. My great Boaz. Amen, Brother Mike. Thank you for being a champion. You got to help me. All right. Let's stand. Start with the verse. First verse. Now the chorus. Let's start with the chorus. And I just want to thank you,
Mike has a need this morning. And we're going to pray that God supernaturally do an operation, Brother Mike. Supernaturally clean out those arteries. Amen. He's a wonder-working God and has wonders to perform. Why don't you come right over here? The brothers are here. Huh? Brother Mike, is going, are you going in tomorrow for some tests, Mike? Michael has five blockages. He's waiting maybe for an operation for March. Let's pray that God do a router rooter in those veins. They say he doesn't have, a, doesn't have enough veins to, to correct us. I, God can do anything. Amen. If he's mindful of Ruth, he's mindful of you, Brother Mike. And we're here. We love you very much. Every one of these brothers would lay their life down for you. You have meant that much to us. And so according to the word of the Lord, he called for the elders of the church that they would anoint you with oil. 
Amen. If you've committed any sin, it shall be forgiven you. Amen. Amen. And the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. Lord, this is your word. This is your word, Lord. You're mindful of Ruth. You're mindful of Brother Michael. Lord God, you're the great I am. You're the Lord Jesus Christ. Jehovah of the old is Jesus of the new. And Lord, you're a marvel to behold. You said, ask anything in my name believing. You shall have what you ask. Lord, these are precious brethren. The church of the living God. Our praise, praying for Brother Michael this morning. And Satan, we come against you. Clear the blockages, Lord. That Brother Michael wouldn't even need this operation. Lord God, he has blessed the church of the living God. Now I pray that you'll pour out the windows of blessing upon him, Lord. Heal him. Touch him. Lord, let the plaque go. Let the blockages leave. And may be well in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, you're still the same God. You're the one that stood with a prophet. You're the one that's standing with your elected lady. And so in Jesus' name, we ask that you touch him in a supernatural way. For your glory and your glory alone. Amen. 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 I am the Lord God that healeth all thy diseases, Brother Michael. God bless you. Amen. Amen. Set your wings on the wings of faith. Remember, communion's at four o'clock. After the song, we'll spray and dismiss, and we'll see you at four o'clock. There are two roads you may take.
Heavenly Father. Keep your eye upon us, Lord. Lead us. Lord, may it be a blessed afternoon as we will come back to have communion. Lord, thinking back years ago, we had a brother here in the church, blockages in his heart. Once he partook of the communion table, he's never had a problem since. And so, Lord, we're believing for the supernatural amongst the church of the living God. We are believing, Lord, that you will move in this very supernatural way on the behalf of your children. Lord, I'm so sorry just taking a little bit of time to lay a foundation. I just trust there's enough, Lord, to strengthen or help your children. Pray, Lord, that you'll be with us now as we go, and may the grace of God bring us back at 4 o'clock, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Greet one another. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.